The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. I'm going to be up front with you guys. Uh, obviously, we have an amazing worship leader today who's not Tanner. Uh, and Tanner does a lot of things around the church. He helps with facilities. He helps with community groups. He also does all the tech with slides. Uh, and this is going to tell you more about me than it does about Tanner. But I did not get my slides to Tanner early enough for him to import them. So I had to import all the sermon slides myself, which is definitely me not playing from a, a strength position. So it is going to be like, where's Waldo with the grammar mistakes on the slides? Like I looked at him like four times, and I'm still confident it's going to be there. Uh, you know, last week we had like the elf on the shelf somewhere in the Bible reading, I think. Um, so, yeah, just forewarning on that. We're going to pray. Hopefully God will cover the spread and we'll be okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come before you, a good God, a God who designed us uh, for community, who designed us uh, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Lord, we pray as we, uh, again, encounter your word, your message, uh, Lord, how you designed this world and our place in it. Father, Lord, we pray that we draw a little bit closer to you. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So I came down for a visit to Axleander back at the end of September. We actually flew into Hurricane Harvey. And I'm just curious, how many of you guys were here that weekend that I first visited when I was doing my interviews and stuff like that? All right, so some of you guys were there. Uh, and so you might remember this. But at that time, uh, my wife and I had just been married. And for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to try facial hair. Right? And not like the little scruff I have here, but like I was going to try a mustache. I'm like, you know what? It's the summer. It's going to be great. We're going to do this. So we do this. I've got this mustache, uh, and no one told me it was a bad idea. Um, looking back at pictures, right, someone should have said, Josh, you are not working this. It's creepy. It's not filled out. Like, you haven't hit puberty yet. Everyone knows that. You're the pastor who looks really young. Just own that and, and forget about it, right? But for literally two months, I wore this thing, and I destroyed picture after picture after picture. I mean, we had, like, wedding pictures with the whole family together, and I, we just can't use them. We're like, no one will ever see these. They have to be buried in the light of day. You know, it's somewhere in the dark web or something like that, right? Horrible pictures. And it wasn't until I came down here that someone from Axe Church actually said, you know what, you seem pretty cool. You have to shave that mustache though, right? <laughs> and, and it's sad, but we all need people like that in our life, right? We all need different types of people in our life. We were designed to have different types of people in our life to speak truth, to speak encouragement, to speak challenge. And when we aren't connected to the full body of Christ, there are just gaps that happen. And what we're going to be looking at today is how community, how us being together actually draws us closer to God, how we actually see the truths of God clear because God brought us into each other's life. And we see this when we start with this from ancient Israel, right? So God started this people for himself. He was going to call them the Israelites. And Israel literally meant those who wrestle with God which for me brings me a lot of comfort because I wrestle with God a lot, right? It's the fact that God names his own people, those who will wrestle with me, already gives me a certain amount of hope and a certain amount of confidence. And the story goes, they were slaves in Egypt, and God took them out of slavery. He gives them this land, he says, that's going to be flowing with milk and honey, which in modern-day Texas language is a good job opportunity, good workforce, low property taxes, good schools, right? That's what God promises to the Israelites. He says, and I'm going to give this to you. It's going to be a gift. 
But then in that gift, he says, I'm going to create a rhythm of life within this community, within this people, within Israel, with those who wrestle with God. And he says this in Deuteronomy. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything you have, love him. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts, right? And then he starts to explain how we keep them on our hearts. He says, You're going to impress upon them, upon your children. You're going to talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. This is the first what would Jesus do bracelet, right? Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, and he says this, and this is why he gives them all those instructions. He says, be careful that you don't forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord. Serve him only and take your oath in his name. He says all that stuff. Write them on your door, pros. Wear them on your body. Talk about them. Walk with a community that is living them out. Because what we find throughout Scripture and what we find in our own lives is our human condition will always take credit for what God has done when it's left to its own devices. When we're isolated, when we solo and sanction off ourselves, when we quarantine ourselves, our sinful condition, our human condition will say, I built this. I deserve this. I did this. And we'll begin to take credit for the gifts that God gave us. Gifts like family. Gifts like community. Gifts like our job and our daily bread. And so what God does is he creates community and he uses community to help us remind us who he is what he's done, and actually to connect with him, to worship him. And when you go throughout scripture, what you end up seeing is that while we certainly have an individual relationship with God, he is our father, he listens to you when you cry out, when you pray, he celebrates your victories with you like any good and loving father would, what we also realize, what we also see is really clear in scripture, is that worship, Connection with God, understanding of God, celebration of God is going to reach its fullness when it's done in community. And in a community that we all participate in. You see, sometimes we think that worship, whether it be a Sunday morning experience, whether it be a community group, whatever else, we look at it as a passive thing. But you know what we, consider, what we call, what the technical term for an order of a worship service is? Liturgy. You know what liturgy means? The work of the people. Think about that for a second. Liturgy, what we actually say happens in a church service, it's not a spectator sport. What we're actually saying is, no, this is the work that we do together. And something unique, something powerful happens when we lean into that, when we become active participants, that we both share something and we receive something when this community of God, this community of people who wrestle with God, come together. 
And there are dozens of things that happen in Christian community, but today we're going to look at three of them. This first comes from John 20. And again, Jesus said, now he's talking to his disciples. This is post-resurrection. This is God building the original Christian community. He says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then we talked about this before. That is a Texas y'all, right? So this isn't you individually. He is talking to the corporate community, so I am sending y'all. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the essence, the heart of God, the narrator of God's story into your lives. And the first thing he says is, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is heavy stuff. This is big stuff here. God says, forgiveness of sins, grace is shared in Christian community. And this is something all of us need. Right? Drive with me for more than five minutes and you will realize, Josh, you, you really do need to be forgiven for how you drive. Right? Spend a night with my wife and I and you will see broken people living together. And you'll be like, wow, there, there needs to be some forgiveness here. Our families need forgiveness. We need forgiveness in our jobs, how we treat our physical neighbors. Right? A thousand different ways those of us who still wrestle with God, and that's all of us, need to experience forgiveness. And what we see in Scripture is that God uses ordinary people like you and I to be able to speak forgiveness, to be able to speak grace into each other's lives. And there is something powerful when you hear someone else say you were forgiven. And it's not because that person has some mysterious mojo, that they're some kind of saint that has a special power. No, it's something from God. It's a gift. Receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus says. And forgiveness of sins emanates from us. Something beautiful happens. And mind you, the Christian church is not particularly good at this. We're not exactly known all the time for being forgiving people. I was reading a tweet yesterday, and it was essentially arguing that within church, being open and honest and broken can be culturally unacceptable, right? So if you're wrestling with some type of sin, some kind of addiction, some kind of hurt, some kind of brokenness, often the church is not the place you want to go to let people know because you're going to feel judged. But they compared that reality with the reality of addiction groups, recovery groups. And it says, and if you go into an addiction or recovery group and you claim or pretend that you're perfect, you're not accepted, they think you're in denial. All right? And oftentimes as Christians, we can be in denial about our brokenness. We can be in denial about our hurt. And yet what we see in Scripture is no. Jesus sets up the first Christian community as a place where grace is breathed over each other. Forgiveness is something that we both get to share with others and receive from others. And again, this can happen between you and God. Do not hear me that if you didn't hear the words, you are forgiven, that somehow God didn't happen. But at the same time, in community, we have the opportunity to hear it. Physically, with the ears that God designed. Someone can touch us. They can put their hands on us and say, you are still loved. You're still a part of community. Beyond that, though, Jesus says earlier in Matthew, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. 
If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you may say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as an unbeliever or a corrupt tax collector. Again, this is some heavy stuff. This is some deep stuff. See, in church, we don't just receive and hear the forgiveness of sins. We also get called out for some of the brokenness in our lives, some of the hurt in the lives, some of the things that we can be in denial about. God creates Christian community as a space, as a place, where his children come together and they can hear and receive hard truths and encouragement from one another. Because at the end of the day, not only left in isolation do we forget to who we're supposed to give credit to, in isolation, we start to create God in our own image. I'm a big fan of Anne Lamont's quote, as soon as God hates all the same people that you do, you can safely assume you've created him in your own image, right? Because left to our own devices, our own worst thinking, the best doesn't come out of us. But in Christian community, there is a space, there is a way where we get to hear God's voice. We get to hear our Father's truth. Both good and hard. But hard is still good. Right? Sometimes we hear the truth, you are a child of God and he loves you just the way you are. We hear the truth of the songs that we just sang. Over this reckless love that will leave the 99 to rescue you, no matter how far you go, no matter what lies you believed, God will fight for you. God will be your champion and your defender. And those are true. But sometimes we need to hear truth like, you know what, Josh? You're believing some lies. You're not acting in a way that is following Christ. There are some gaps. There are some places where you're still wrestling with God and you're actually in denial about it. And so what we find is not only do we receive grace in community and connect to God and receive forgiveness and righteousness through that, but we also hear things that we need to hear that we wouldn't hear by ourselves, that our own best thinking would never take us to. This comes from Psalms. Come, let us sing for the joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and with song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. Worship is a team sport. If you read the Psalms, they were all written as the original hymnal for the church. When people would gather at temple, they would sing these songs that they knew, and they would worship this God. They would give thanks to this God. They would mourn the hurt that they have, but they would do it corporately, and they would do it together. I remember I was at a Louis Giglio, David Crowder conference. and We were back up in Michigan at the time, and he said, yeah, I saw you guys had the, one of the largest worship venues in Michigan yesterday. 
They said the Michigan State football stadium. It's a big game between Michigan State and U of M. He said, you know, when you think about it, oftentimes if you go to a stadium, if you go to a sporting event, it can look an awful lot like worship, can it? We all sing the same chants. We all root for the same team. We all celebrate when our team gets a touchdown and we all mourn when the other team does. When we gather together, we are built to celebrate in community. We are built to mourn in community. But oftentimes when it comes to our relationship with God, we can isolate ourselves. We can make our own relationship, that individual side, the primary way we connect, as opposed to realizing, no, God built us for something deeper. What we do on Sunday mornings, what we do in community groups or small groups, we celebrate God. We mourn with God. So what we're going to do today, like we did last week, is we're going to take a time to actually practice this. And again, I apologize for those of you who do not like this type of service, and I celebrate with those of you who love this time of service. But we're going to take a moment, and we're going to practice celebrating what God is up to in each other's lives. So stand up, say hi to someone you might not normally talk to, and say one thing that you're celebrating that God has done in this past week. And go! All right. If we can gather back in, that would be awesome. I always feel weird about cutting off conversation in community when talking about community to continue on with worship. It's this weird like dynamic of like, I know you guys are all actually doing what I just preached on, but uh, we need to move on. Um, we're going to move into a time, I'm going to invite the band up, uh, where we're going to use the next song to kind of reflect on who our God is, what our God is doing, how our God fights for us into communion which we talk about a lot, literally means community union together. One of the ways God brings the church to a place where we can say, yeah, these are my brothers, these are my sisters. We connect to each other, and then we connect back to the Father. So we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and then we will uh, uh, enter into communion. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a good God, a God who find so many different ways to connect with us. Lord, we thank you that we have an individual relationship with you. Lord, that we have a direct line to you as Father, that when we cry out, you hear us. And yet, Father, we also thank you that you provide earthly ways where we can hear your voice through others. Lord, that we can hear forgiveness, that we can hear challenge. Lord, that we can hear the celebration and the mourning of your people. Lord, uh, we continue our worship now. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.